All right, wonderful. It is an honor being with y'all again. Y'all need to know this. Uh, y'all are the y'all are the highlight of my week. I know I'm not the highlight of yours, but y'all are the highlight of mine. Uh, it's amazing what God has been doing uh, in and through y'all. Um, we're having our first baptism tonight. Uh, that stokes me. Uh, I give that two thumbs up and a big toe. Um, in fact, we're going to be showing you uh, the baptism next week, um, but we're going to be baptizing in a local church uh, here in town because they don't really make theaters with baptistries. Uh, and it starts at 6 o'clock uh, downtown uh, at First Baptist. Uh, and if y'all are welcome to come, we'd love to have you. Naomi Todd is getting baptized, so uh, it's going to be fun. Not only is she going to be baptized, she's actually have, she's videotaped her story, and it'll be neat to hear that. Um, we all have a story, don't we? Uh, last week we had talked about Jonah stories because Jonah is my story and it's your story as well because all of us have run from God and uh, God has never, ever let us go. Uh, he loves us too much. There's a great uh, quote from a psychologist by the name of Rollo Mann. He says this, Man is the strangest creature who has ever lived. He is the only one who runs faster when he loses his way. So many times people ask us, why are you so driven? Why do you work so many hours? Why are you just so going after the, the throat, the jugular? Could it be that the reason why is this right here? When we lose our way, we tend to run faster. We tend to drive faster. Our lives become busier. When we've lost our way. That is where we left Jonah last week. Jonah had lost his way. In fact, uh, I'm going to read um, Jonah chapter uh, 1 verses 1 through 3. And then we're going to get into Jonah uh, uh, 4. Um, Jonah 1 and 2 says this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. He says, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But what did Jonah do? Verse 3 says this, But Jonah got up, and he went in the opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. That's where we left Jonah last week. He is on the run from God, and he's running faster and faster and faster because he has lost his way. So many of us, so many of us in here, we've lost our way. We really have. We, people think that we're going in the right direction and we, our lives have purpose and meaning in life, but really we've lost our way because we've turned from God. And God loves us and he wants us to come back. One of the things that Jonah, uh, God comes to Jonah and says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to tell Nineveh something that Nineveh doesn't know. But I also believe the reason why God came to Jonah is because Jonah didn't know some things as well. He was going to learn some things from God. And one of the things that we're going to look at in the rest of the chapter 1 today is that he learned this, that when you run from God, there are consequences. There are consequences. Let's look at those consequences. The first consequence is this, that when we run from God, just like Jonah, you pay a price. You pay a price. There's a price to be paid when we run from God. Jonah found that out. Look at verse 3. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. He went down. Everybody say the word down. He went down to the seacoast, to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tar. 
harshest. Alrighty. Oh, gee. He bought a ticket and he went on board, hoping that going that way he would escape from the Lord. He bought a ticket. Now, we talked about last week that Tarshish was 2,500 miles to the east, and God wanted him to go 550 miles to the west. That's where Nineveh was at. So God said, I want you to go 550 that way, and Jonah goes, uh-uh, and I'm going 2,500 miles out of God's will, five times out of God's will rather than going the 550. And don't we have a tendency to do that? God tells you, and God has told me and you to do things in our lives. Stop that habit. You need to stop this. It's not a good thing. You need to do this. You need to, you need to work on this in your life. And you go, you know what? That's, just, that's, that's too big of a Nineveh in my life. It's too big. I'm going to say no. And we pay a price. Notice, think about this. 2,500 miles by boat. Uh, that's a long way, don't you think? 2,500 miles. And don't, do you think that ticket was cheap? All right, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all have flown on a 2,500-mile airplane ride? Anyone? Uh, are those tickets cheap? I'm sorry. No, they're not. No, they're not. They ain't cheap. All right, And it wasn't cheap for Jonah. Jonah is shelling out the dough, and he's saying, this is a lot of money, I'm sure, because 2,500 miles is a long way to go. And even though it cost him a lot of money, it cost him a whole lot more than that. It did. In fact, let's look at what it cost him. Jonah paid for the price for the ticket. Jonah says no to God, and things literally go down from there. It's downhill. As you read through this chapter, one word is going to be repeated over and over and over and over and over again. And it is the word down. Everybody say the word down. Down. Jonah went down to Joppa. He went down to the bottom of the ship. He laid and he was thrown into the sea. You see what happens when we run from God is it goes... It goes down. It goes down many times quick. And the price that he paid for that ticket was just the beginning of the price that he would pay from running from God. His life went in one consistent direction in this chapter, and it is down, down, down. It gets down. Jonah paid the price for his disobedience. Um. Some of us today, again, we know the Lord is calling us to do stuff, and we say no. And we know, and we look back and we say, my life was so much better back when? Because you went down and down and down. That's what happens when we say no to God. That's what happened when Jonah said no to God, and he ran 2,500 miles to Tarshish. So what does God do? The second consequence is sometimes God sends a storm to get our attention. Sometimes God sends a storm to grab your attention. That's what he did with Jonah. But as the ship was sailing along, verse 4, suddenly the Lord flung. That's a cool word right there. I'm going to stop right there. The original language, it's the same word that's used for flinging a spear. He flung. Have you all ever skipped rocks across a pond, flung it? 
Or maybe you were in baseball and you flung a, a heater, all right? I mean, it's the same thing. The Lord took a storm and went, and he flung it over the sea. What was its cause? Notice here, there's a cause here. There's always a cause and effect, always. The cause, Jonah running, the effect was he had to pay a price. But look at this. The Lord has a cause and effect as well. He flung a big wind, and what was the effect? Causing a violent storm that threatened to send them to where? The bottom. That's down. That's down, baby. It don't get any more down than that. That's Titanic down. All right? So it's getting bad. God went after Jonah. Here's my point with this. If you're God's child and you're running the opposite direction that he wants you to go, know this. He's coming after you. Now, I don't want you to... You know, to say, ooh, he's coming after you. But know this, if you're, if you're truly his child and you're going the opposite direction, he's going to come after you because he loves you too much. Um, any of y'all ever had a, a child run out the front door and started running to the street? What do you do? You go after him. I know I heard that. I'll let him go. i got too many kids as it already is. I heard you. You don't think I can hear things? I can hear things, all right? You know, you go after them. Why? Because you love them. God is going after Jonah because God loves Jonah. Let me say it another way. If you're going east when you should be going west and God doesn't come after you, what does that tell you? You're not his child. Because God always goes after his children. If you think you're this and when you run he doesn't come after you, your family tree is mixed up. You're in the wrong family. Hebrews 12, 6 says this, From whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And if he fails to discipline you, then that, doesn't, that means you're not his child. I, I, my son Walt has a, a friend spending the night uh, last night. And, you know, um, when Walt gets in trouble, you know, I can discipline him. But when a, a, another kid's over, I don't discipline that kid because he's not my child, right? You know what I'm talking about here. God loves, he loves his children, and if you go right when God told you to go left, he is going to discipline you, he's going to come after you. You know, I've heard so many people say, well, I've been saved for 20 years. I've been in church for 20 years, and I've had this really stinking attitude, and God's never done anything to me. You know what? That just tells me you're, you're not a Christ follower. You don't have a relationship with him. Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a Big Mac. It ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. That tells me that God is not your father. When Jonah takes off west, God gets right behind him, and he uses nature. I think that's cool. You know, everybody talks about Mother Nature. <laughs> Ain't no Mother Nature. It's Father God. And he is in control of nature because God is in control of everything. One of the things we're going to find out in this book is he's in control of everything. The person who's out of control is Jonah. He, God's person is out of control. Here's a prophet who doesn't want to prophesy. A preacher who doesn't want to preach. Um, you know, if you have a, a singer who doesn't want to sing, if you have a prophet that doesn't want to prophesy, if you have a, a preacher that doesn't want to preach, then you're just a noun without a verb. You are. Uh, I, some of us, that's how we are. Aren't we? We're just nouns without a verbs. You know what? What good is a preacher if he doesn't preach? What good is a singer if he doesn't sing? What good is a model if he doesn't 
modeler. It just kind of breaks down. All right, we're going to move on. All right, so God is in control of nature. Other day, y'all, y'all remember that, uh, that big storm that came by a couple days ago? I love storms. I'm, it's, in the, it's the middle of the night. I'm in the hot tub in the middle of a lightning storm. I'm not a bright person. But I'm sitting out there, and, and I just say, Lord, I'm listening. I want to hear you. Because God is so powerful. I saw these big oak trees just sway back and forth. And I think that, that, that nature is pretty powerful. God's even more powerful than that. God wants to get your attention. And if it takes a storm, that he will send a storm. Just as in the New Testament, Jesus calms the storm Many times, he can storm the calm. Are are you having some storms on your horizon right now? I don't know what they are. It may be a financial storm. It breaks my heart just seeing so many people, so many houses foreclosed right now. It may be a storm of you weren't expecting your spouse to be deployed again. It may be a storm that uh, you got the call on Friday that your kid was called to the principal. And you have these storms going in your life. And not every storm that happens is caused by God. Know that. But sometimes God is trying to get our attention. He is. He wants to get our attention. Look at verse 5. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help. Now let me explain this. They have these gods. Notice that's in little g. All right? So they got the Zeus, Apollo, Mars. They got all of these different gods, and they're thinking of Poseidon. It's evidently, we, somebody's ticks one of these gods off. So we're going to throw up little popcorn prayers to all of these gods and hopefully pacify one of them. All right? So they're calling on their little Gs, little gods, for help. And then look at the end of verse 5. And threw what overboard? The cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Where was my boy Joe? And all of the time he was <laughs> he was sound asleep. He was sending mega Z's to heaven. All right? He is asleep and the the sailors are throwing their cargo overboard. Now if they have cargo, what does that mean? This is a cargo ship. This is a merchant ship. What do People on merchant ships, what do they do? Well, they get it. They're in Joppa. They load all of this cargo on board, and they're going to they're gonna sail 2,500 miles to Tarshish, unload the cargo, sell the cargo, and once they sell the cargo, they're going to get money in which they're going to sell back to Joppa, and they are going to take their money that they received from selling the cargo. They're going to go to the Joppa Walmart, the Joppa Sam's Club, the Joppa Target, and the Joppa Publix, and they're going to get food for their Joppa families. Now, when you are sailors and you're throwing the cargo overboard, what does that mean? That means you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get yours. And that leads us to our third principle. When you run from God, other people pay a price. Other people pay a price when you run from God. Some of people saying, well, I'm sinning. It's just my business. You know, I know I'm doing wrong. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but it's my business, and you can't tell me what to do. Well, here's the thing. It's never just your business because it never does just end with you. It never does. 
Jonah's sin affected not only the ship and the surroundings, but it also affected the sailors' families, the sailors' living and livelihood. You know, that's the reason why sometimes children hurt when their parents aren't walking with the Lord. Husbands hurt when their wives aren't walking with the Lord. Wives hurt when husbands are not walking with God. Why? Because they're in the vicinity. They're close to you. And when God hurls a storm to get your attention, if you're anywhere close to a Jonah, your life starts rocking. Your, your boat starts to break up. So the problem was not the sailors. The problem was who? Jonah. God's person. God, it, it, God doesn't have an issue with the sailors. And what do sailors do? What do sailors do? They cuss like sailors, right? All right? Come on now. Alright? But God's problem wasn't the sailors. God's problem was God's person. And so many times, God has the same problem today. God tells churches, I want you to go and I want you to run to the Ninevehs. I want you to go tell other people that I love them and judgment's coming and I want to forgive them. I want you to go. And what do we do? We shut the doors and we sing, Kumbaya, my Lord. What, what, is it? No, what does that song mean? I have no idea, all right? But we, we, we say, I don't want to go out there because I'm uncomfortable, and we're just like Jonah. We run from people that God loves. And why? Because we don't care. So many times we, in churches, myself, we just don't care. We don't care. We would choose to be comfortable by not engaging the culture around us. Look at the, the third principle when running from God. There's consequences. Here's the third consequence is this. You can learn to be comfortable out of God's will. I mean, think about it. Jonah is sound asleep. He's really comfortable. Everybody else is crying out their gods. They're praying. The boat's getting ready to sink. And he is snoozing. Again, <laughs> you can run so fast and so long that you can be used to just being out of God's desires and His passion for your life. We can develop such a lifestyle of running so far, so fast, that we just, we get comfortable. And again, as I mentioned, so many churches um, are comfortable. Are comfortable. And I'm not just preaching against them. The whole reason we're here in a movie theater is so that we can tell other people about the Lord. We want to be a part of the solution, but so many times we become callous, and that can happen to us as well. That can happen to me. That can happen to you. Look at uh, verse six. Jonah got real comfortable. So what happens? Verse six happens. So the captain went down after him. <laughs> this is so. This is so good. The captain went down after him, and he said, "How can you sleep at a time like this, boy? Get up. Get up." And pray to your God. God is little G or big G? Little. Because this person saying, I, I don't know. At this point, they don't know that Jonah's God is the God. They're over here, again, bebopping and scatting to Poseidon. All right? Um, so maybe he will have mercy on us and spare our lives. All right? So isn't that something? This unchurched sinner is telling this Christ follower, this Christian, don't you think prayer is a good idea? Don't you think you should be praying? I mean, isn't that something? I think, you know, you go to church, don't, I mean, you got problems. Don't you think you should be praying first? 
I guess so. All right, look at verse 7. This part's funny. Then the crew cast lots to see which one of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. Cast lots. Yahtzee. All right. Let me tell you how this would happen. They would get dice. I kid you not. This part is so hilarious. They're praying, and the praying ain't working. So what they do? They go shooting craps. Snake eyes. Snake eyes. Oh, I tell you, I would have lost my shirt. All right? they, this is how they would do is They would take stones, and they would paint one side of the stone black, one side of the stone white, and one side gray. And they would roll these two stones, and, and they said, okay, God... Um, is Jim here, uh, who's on the boat, did he cause a storm? And if it was two blacks, it means it was a no. This is kind of how I understand it. If it was two whites, it was, it was a yes. And if it was a black and white or something, it just, it, it was a, you rolled them again. So they're over here rolling dice. All right, Jim, no. All right. Um, is it Sally? Nope, not Sally. All right, do not pass go. Do not All right, is it Jonah? And the sailors look at Jonah, and Jonah's going, um, they want to know. They want some answers. Hear me on this one. This is our, our next principle. If God doesn't get your attention the first time with the storm, he can take a dice game and get your attention then. But God will have his way. I mean, he uses a, a group of non-believing people playing crafts to get the idea across that Jonah was the issue. All right? So the lot <laughs> falls on Jonah. All right, look at verse 8. They, they start, <laughs> they look at Jonah and they say, you better say something quick. Look at verse 8. What have you done to bring this awful storm down upon us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? I mean, they're firing all of these questions. Boom, 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 boom. You better say something. All right? And, and, and look at Jonah. And Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. But it's been translated as, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I go to church. All right? He doesn't just come out and say that he is a follower. Somebody has to make him. And, you know, again, some of us are like that. Nobody knows that we're Christian on our job. They would have to tie us down and beat us with rods in order for us to say, yeah, I go to church, all right? Because we're secret agent Christians. We're double O zero. We're worth nothing, all right? Um, and we just say, you know, we're just going to be doing our own thing, and we don't, and here's the, and here's the principle. Is, nope, when you're running from God, you don't want anybody to know that you're a follower. When you're running from God, you don't want anybody to know that, that you are part of God's team. Because they would say, why are you doing that? See, when you did that, the reason why we can't say on our job sometimes that we are a follower of Christ, we're a Christ follower, we have a relationship with Him, is because they would expect our language to be different, wouldn't they? Less four-letter words. They would expect our tempers to be different, to not fly off the handle. They would expect our jokes to be a little bit better. They would expect so much different from us. But they don't know that we're his because we're running. 
We're running. Look at verse 11. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, the sailors asked Jonah, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Now, I want to stop right there. Jonah could have said, okay, here's what you need to do. I'm running from God. You need to stop the boat. You need to turn it around. I, God told me to go to Nineveh. I'm going the opposite direction to Tarshish, and I'm going to go back. He could have done that. He could have, he's going this direction. He could have stopped. He could have turned around. In fact, the biblical word for that is repentance. It means to stop going one way, turn around, and go the opposite direction. He could have done that. What does Jonah do, though? He says, you know what you can do? You can just kill me. Kill me, because I ain't going to those Ninevites. I would rather them go to hell, because I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Throw me into the sea, and it will become calm again, for I know this terrible storm is all my fault. You right. You right. So he, and, and you know, and so many times people say, you know, how can a, a Christian commit suicide? Because that's what Jonah was doing here. He said, just kill me. Let me tell you, a Christian can commit suicide. And let me just stop right here saying this. Suicide is not the unpardonable sin. That's a very churchy word. Let me say it this way. Suicide is not the one thing that will keep you from going to heaven. That is not the one thing that if you do suicide, oh, then you're going to hell. There is one unpardonable sin, and that is not asking Jesus to be your Savior. It has nothing to do with suicide, even though many denominations teach that. You know, you can be a Christian and commit suicide because when you run to Tarshish for so long, your life becomes empty and hollow when you run long enough. Verse 13, the men didn't want to kill him. Huh, I don't want to kill this dude. If, if his God is the God that's doing all this, <laughs> and, and, and this is because he's running, if I kill him, what's he going to do to me? Look at verse 13. Instead, the sailors tried even harder to row the boat ashore. Can you see? Michael, row your boat ashore. I mean, they're just, they're going at it, man. They're going. Um, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they could not make it. The harder they rowed, God said, No, I'm not killing this dude. I love Jonah too much. Verse 14, Then they cried out. To who? And what, Lord, what God are they talking about? Big G. Big G, that's right. This is so cool. Now you remember, look at verse 5. Isn't that a big switch? Verse 5 says this, Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors cried out to their little G's for help. All right, go back to verse 14. This is big G stuff. All right? This is big G. They cried out to the Lord God, Jonah's God. That means they changed gods. Our gods are nothing. They're thinking, this guy, Poseidon, he ain't nothing. Neptune, he ain't nothing. This, the God of the Bible, the Jonah's God, he's the one. He's the one. And they switched gods. They said, that he, he's the, that's the right God. We had the wrong God. And they said, we're going to follow him. I mean, God was using Jonah, and Jonah didn't even know it. These guys become God followers, and God's using a jacked-up prophet to do it. Seriously. And, and is that not the truth? Absolutely. Verse 14. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, do not make us die for this man's sin. 
Um, and don't hold us responsible for his death because it isn't our fault. You write. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm against upon him for your own good reasons. They says, I don't understand it. I don't understand the storm, but he's the issue. He's the issue. Look at verse 15. Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. And what happened? The storm stopped in a few minutes. Is that what it says? At once, the storm stopped. They get rid of this God follower and everything turns out all right. Shouldn't it be just the exact opposite? Shouldn't it be the exact opposite? Instead of all the, sometimes Christians being a help, they can be a hindrance. That's, I mean, and that's the whole reason God said, I, want you, I don't want you to run. I want you to follow me. Look at verse 16 as we close. The sailors were all struck by the Lord, Lord's great power. You better believe he is powerful. You better believe he is powerful. They were all struck. They were dumbfounded. They could not speak because of the Lord's great power. And they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. You know, that's a nice way of saying they got saved. They were baptized literally in that ocean. Right. They, they came into an, uh, a relationship with God. Jonah is drowning and they got saved. Jonah is dying and they're receiving eternal life. He's sucking up water and drowning and they're going, let's sing another praise chorus. Yeah! Woo! I mean, if they had big lighters, they'd have been doing this. All right? I mean, they are excited about God. Because God used Jonah even though he was running. And that's our last principle is this. God accomplishes his purpose regardless of us. God is, um, this is a churchy word. I'm going to say it and then I'm going to explain it. God is sovereign. That means God is over everything. It's a big word, but that's what it means. God is over everything. Everybody say that. God is over everything. Here's another one. God is in control of everything. God is in control of all of this stuff happening to Jonah. Jonah is dying. I'm going to have to read this last verse because I know if I don't, you're going to go, well, what happened to Joe? I mean, he's, he, the water is going. He's, he's bleep, 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 bleep. We're going to hit this next week. Verse 17, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And he was in the fish, in the stomach of the fish, three days and three nights. God doesn't need us, but he wants to use us. And know this, he will use us, just like he used Jonah. The question is, what will you do? What will you do? And what is your story? What is your story? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that all of us, we cannot outrun your love. We cannot outrun you, God, that you love us too much to keep us going that, that same direction. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.